Hey everybody, welcome back to an all new episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. This is the show that takes a deep dive into the world of 80s cartoons and all of the glorious insanity therein. My name is Randy, I am your host on this journey, and we're, and I'm by myself this week, but uh, for you guys, I'm going to go ahead and uh, forge through an episode here for you, because we have hit 75 episodes of the series. And thank you all for being a part of this, uh, joining us in this journey together, and it just feels really good. Um, before we get into our episode today, gotta let you know that Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast is a production of Geek World Order. Go to geekworldorder.com for all the latest and greatest geeky content and media. Of course, we're on social media. Check us out on Facebook, Geek World Order, and Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. You can also check us out on Instagram and Twitter, both at Geek World Order. And of course, subscribe to us on all the major content and podcast providers. We're all, we're there. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. Uh, if you can find it, we're there. Amazon Podcasts. So subscribe, give us that five-star review, the text rating, everything that helps spread the show. All right, so today we are looking at a two-part episode of the Transformers. We're going deep into season three here. Um, it's actually the last two episodes of season three, and they play off of the last episode we talked about uh, around Halloween. We are uh, some of these events are basically <clears throat> referenced in that episode. Uh, we are looking at the return of Optimus Prime. Uh, so the episode starts out in deep space. Uh, we see a vessel called the Solaris, and its inhabitants are scientists Jessica Morgan and Gregory Swafford, and they're in the middle of testing a heat and radiation-resistant alloy that they've developed. Well, they're in the middle of their tests, and they see a ship. So they investigate it, and to their surprise, it's carrying the body of Optimus Prime. And this ship is on collision course with a planet in or orbiting that nearby star. So Gregory has some reservations about this because Jessica wants to take Optimus Prime's body aboard and bring it back to Earth. And we see a flashback scene where Optimus Prime and Megatron are fighting in his lab and uh, eventually in the scuffle, Gregory actually gets injured, which um, we do see Gregory has a scar on his face. So basically he's, and basically he blamed the wrong Transformers for the incident, or at least he's fairly prejudiced to Transformers in general here. And it's going to become very apparent through the episode. Um... But yes, so they manage to grab Optimus Prime's body and they make it out before uh, the star goes supernova. So, and this is basically sort of playing off of the events of Dark Awakening. But uh, I got a few questions here. So in the episode Dark Awakening, just the way it was, Prime's body was basically destroyed... And at this point, and in this episode, it looks perfect. It doesn't look like there's a scratch on him. And in Dark Awakening, Prime like lost an arm, like parts were hanging off of him. Yeah. 
So if this is like towards the end of Dark Awakening, theoretically before that giant armada that was almost destroyed, like that ship Prime was on should have taken a lot of damage. So how was the Solaris in that area and didn't take any kind of battle damage? Um, so yeah, little inconsistency there. So they returned Earth. Uh, where Jessica's father is also, Dr. Morgan, is also a scientist. And we learned that the after in the explosion, the ship, the Solaris, was covered in these spores. And so apparently, uh, these spores have a very contagious agent on them. And he's testing it on some lab rats. And they glow this vivid red color and just start fighting each other so apparently this virus transfers hate and evil urges to anyone it contaminates um so yeah we don't have long to uh move here because um apparently the decepticons have learned about this and they're here to, um, they make very quick work of the, uh, humans here. The Terracons arrive because they've been sent by Galvatron to steal this alloy. They attack the lab and we get a fight between Computron and the combined form of the tech or of the Terracons, Abominus. We get them, uh, fighting. Computron is figuring out his calculational odds. And, of course, Abominus yells out, Computron, think too much! And they continue to fight. Um, so, at this point, the eventually the Terracons succeed in their plan and are off with the alloy. But in the fight, a piece of debris has fallen on top of Jessica and injured her. Um, soon the tech or the protectobots arrive and they take her to a hospital and Dr. Morgan is very outraged and they re realizing, wait, that when the ambulance speaks and tells them they're heading out to County General. So yeah, basically they, uh, decide that. The, once again, just due to these unfortunate circumstances in the Decepticon attack, they believe all Transformers are not good, and basically they want to uh, uh, get a measure of revenge. So basically they decide that they're going to resurrect Optimus Prime and use him as a carrier of the spores to infect the Autobots. Uh, so we get a... Uh, Kind of a scene here where we're looking at basically dual montages. We see Jess get the hospital. They're performing surgery on her. And and it kind of goes back and forth between this and uh, Gregory and Dr. Morgan working to rebuild Optimus Prime to try to bring him alive. Uh, so we cut to some time later uh, where Jess is in the hospital and Dr. Morgan runs in ranting like a lunatic that nobody informed him that he that Jessica was awake 
And we learn that Jessica, in that peril, that uh, scuffle with the Decepticons, was paralyzed from the waist down. And they've built a special exosuit to help her walk. Um, and dude is not happy about this. Like, he's going on screaming, You turned her into a monster! How could you? And the Autobots are just like, Um, dude, we're just trying to help. Lay off, dude. So yeah, so this just fuels Dr. Morgan's rage even more. So he goes back to his lab, and Jessica's trying to explain it, but he's having none of it. But unfortunately, their attempts to revive Optimus Prime basically weren't successful. They weren't able to bring him back. So they've got him on... So they've got Optimus Prime on a uh, conveyor belt. He's about to be headed for the scrap heap. Jessica's screaming, you know, no, no, don't, you know, don't hurt him. So with that, we take our first commercial break of the episode here, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Burger King presents a musical message to her. Come on now, Herbert, don't be shy. You're gonna love plain barley when you give it a try. It ain't number one, it's what's happening. Cause what plain barley does is lock the flavor in. So wherever you hide, go show your face and take the plain brown burger. A plain brown burger. You're gonna love, you're gonna love it. Starburst fruit juice. Flavored. You want to hear Chicago's hottest music? Catch all the hits on B96. You feel the power of love. We don't need another hero. Nobody plays more music than B96. WBBM FM. What's happening out there? He's winning. I see three of them out there. Get the one in the middle. Right. Get the one in the middle. Yeah. It's the Italian Stallion versus a Russian fighting machine when Sylvester Stallone returns as Rocky Balboa in Rocky IV. Rocky IV is one of four new movies we'll be reviewing this week on At the Movies, the movie review program. Saturday night at 5 here on Channel 9. Kick off your holiday shopping. 8 a.m. this Friday and Saturday at Sears. You'll find fashions galore. Half price! For the whole family. Like these plaid flannel shirts for men. Half price! Just $6.49. For mom, classic crew necks in a variety of colors. Half price! Only $6.99. For these little girls, Winnie the Pooh pin of four dresses. Half price! Only $14.99. Score savings like these and more this Friday and Saturday. This won't be your life! Starting 8 a.m. At Sears! All right, and we are back. Uh, so as Optimus Prime is heading towards the uh, the smelting pit, um, 
Jessica manages to convince her father not to destroy Optimus Prime. Uh, but it comes with a bit of a consequence here. Uh, Gregory and Dr. Morgan, yeah, we're not going to destroy Optimus Prime. You know, if our plans to bring him back don't work, we'll bring the Autobots here to infect them. So basically, Dr. Morgan, um... Pretty much starts gaslighting Jessica and um, being manipulative, basically forces her to find the Autobots and lure them directly into a trap. Because, you know, man is completely uh, racist against robots here. Uh, so we cut to Jessica and she's found Ultra Magnus. Uh, she's telling him about everything and she's like, yeah, no, this is straight up a trap. And we come up to Rodimus Prime. He's just sort of looking at a statue of Optimus Prime at Autobot City. And he's said he's been having dreams about Optimus Prime. And he's been doubting the leadership, you know, and his abilities. Which um, I've mentioned in previous episodes. Because this episode aired directly after The Burden Hardest to Bear. So literally one episode prior, Rodimus already went through this and he more or less has gotten over his, a lot of his trepidations. So, so yeah, we literally just destroyed character development that we brought in one episode ago. So I'm not, not happy about that. So yeah, I really hate the burden hardest to place bears a uh, placement in the series. Terrible. Um, so yeah, so they come up to Rodimus, uh, Jessica informs him of, you know, where Prime's body is located, and he's like, wait, what? He's still alive? Well, no. We have to get him! Uh, Rodimus is a trap. I don't care. Assemble a rescue party! So, literally, Rodimus assembles everyone there. The Protectobots, the aerial bots, uh, the Throttlebots... And he goes through and names, like, all of the Protectobots, all of the Aerobots. But he just says Throttlebots transform. None of them are given names. At all. Apparently they're just background characters. But, so apparently the Autobots aren't going to be the only ones that know about the location of Prime's body. Because we zoom up and, oh look, it's Ratbat. So Ratbat has his intelligence, and he goes back to his master Soundwave. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so they head back. Uh, Ratbat informs Galvatron and his troops of that. So we'll bet y'all know where this is going. Um, so yeah, so they get so the Autobots get to the, the to the laboratory, um, and basically Rodimus Prime is completely an idiot and he jumps in recklessly as he is known to do so yeah and him and jessica actually do find optimus prime's body they find in this random hall not not where they were expecting it to be um so the rescue party that prime or that rodimus prime sends well they find the lab but they're locked in the lab 
and a gas just starts pouring into the room. And one by one, Ultra Magnus, the Throttle Bots, and the Aerial Bots are all infected with the Hate Plague. So yeah. So we see that. And of course, the Decepticons also decide to show up. Uh, so Rodimus and Jessica load Optimus Prime uh, into the vehicle mode of Rodimus so that he can transport him away. Uh, they roll down a hallway, and Dr. Morgan decides to throw a canister of the virus at Rodimus, which luckily he misses, because apparently he didn't realize that his daughter was inside, was riding inside of Rodimus at the time. It's like, wow, we are really looking to father the ear candidate here, folks, because this guy is obsessed with his robotic racism and his hatred towards Transformers. Yeah, so the Decepticons have shown up because they want to capture Optimus Prime as well. But, yeah, this doesn't go real easily because pretty much every Decepticon that shows up is infected, aside from Galvatron. But Rodimus, Jessica, and Galvatron all manage to escape and head their various directions. Um, a number of Autobots are outside waiting for backup. Um, and this leads to a fight between Superion and a number of the uh, Autobots, including the Protectobots who get infected with the virus. Um, there are also some other Autobots, Cup, Blur, and Bumblebee specifically seen here. Uh, they all get injured in the battle. Somehow none of them, t none of them get infected, but, but have sustained major injuries at this point. Uh, so yeah, we have Superion, we have Defensor, some very powerful robots that are now affected with this virus. Uh, so we go back to Autobot City, and Rodimus pulls up with Prime's body, and Rekgar. And Rekgar pulls out some TV references here. And just trying to uh, figure out what's going on, uh, he quotes that uh, wonderful line for I Love Lu Lucy, Lucy, what have you done now? And so basically, Rodimus is like, listen, we've got to repair Optimus Prime. And um, so we actually get a bit of a you know montage here to... We get some good references of Star Trek. <laughs> we get uh, Rekgar going, I'm a doctor, not a forklift. And as he tries to go through, you know, they're trying to increase the power you know you know anything they can do to zap back life into bat optimus prime he goes huh. you know we get record his engines they cannot take the strain and finally once that all seems to um not work he ends up with the he's dead jim but he's or at least for the uh junkie on in his uh repair abilities but Rodimus Prime thinks, you know what? There's one source here that we may be able to utilize. So Rodimus radios out to Skylinks. Yes, arrogant, narcissistic Skylinks. And he says, bring me a Quintesson. Um, what do you want with a Quintesson for? 
because we have to restore Optimus Prime to life. So he's filled him in on this. So Skylink's being his arrogant self goes, I will comb the cosmos until I find a Quintesson for you. I will not rest until my mission is complete. It's like, whatever, Skylinks, just just do it. Do it. So yeah. Um although I have some questions here. Cause at this point, uh Rodimus says, Okay, I have to disconnect Metroplex to keep him from being infected. So I guess him being in offline capability prevents the virus from spreading. So one, how do we know this? And two, how is he not already infected? Because Metroplex is basically the entire Autobot city. And there are already trans infected Transformers running around. Um, Pri Rodimus Prime is literally in the middle of, you know, pushing the switches and the levers. And, uh... Ultra Magnus comes up. Um, and we get a chase between the two. Um, so yeah, so Ultra Magnus is already on the property of Autobot City looking for Rodimus. So how is Metroplex not already infected with the virus at this point? Uh logistical questions. Um, so yeah, they end up chasing each other. And luckily it before Rodimus can be infected, uh, Retgar shows up and uh, zaps Ultra Magnus, stunning him. Um, he's even got a rope. And he's like, all right, well, what do you do now? It's like, all right, well, what do we do now? And at that point, Ultra Magnus pulls the rope in that Retgar had surrounding him. And he infects Retgar who in turn turns around and probably one of my favorite references in this episode is a reference to a, to a great, to a uh, commercial that was actually a, at the time airing in the eighties, the old Dr. Pepper commercial is like, I'm a pepper. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? And at this point, Rodimus prime is now infected with the hate plague. Uh, so we cut to a, uh, television news report um which uh features the first actual named naming of the hate plague here the tv station ksun it's basically reporting that the virus has spread across the planet um so at this point we also learned that beyond transformers it can also infect humans so yes even more is this virus spreading and causing, you know, we see chaos, you know, chaos and disorder and, you know, everything is not going well. And there, you know, we've scenes of carnage in Washington, D.C. and Russia. And so somehow the plague has made its way into outer space. All the way to the depths where Skylinks finds a Quintesson. But this Quintesson is running for his life from a bunch of Sharktacons who have somehow become infected with the hate plague. Okay, I... How? How did this virus spread? I mean, did... I mean, I guess did the Decepticons go back to Char? 
maybe there was someone there that, and then they spread out further. But when Rodimus contacted Skylinks, Skylinks was already in deep space. So I'm, so yes, I have a lot of questions about how this virus spread so quickly that unfortunately, if I try to think through it logically here, I'm just going to hurt my brain. And yeah, this is one of those cases where there's no logic applied to this cartoon. We just kind of have to understand it and just accept it. But yeah, so uh, the uh, so the uh, bleh, the Quintesson agrees to revive Optimus Prime and get saved. So they make it back to Autobot City in whatever amount of time I don't know. I feel like Skylink shouldn't be able to jet across the galaxy this quickly. Although, maybe they use the space bridge. It's probably the only thing I can think of that would put any remote logic to this sense. That there had to be a space bridge involved here. Uh, so the Quintesson works on is beginning working. Um, and he warn and the Quintesson warns at the beginning, he's like, hey, this may not go, this may not even work. If anything goes wrong in the slightest, it may not, he may not live at all. It's pretty touch and go here, but by miracle of miracles, the Quintesson is able to fix and revive Optimus Prime. He's now restored to a full life. And Skylink's like, Optimus Prime? Is that you? Yes, it is I, Skylinks. And no force in the universe can stop me. So yes, we end part one with that shot of Optimus Prime, that rousing, you know, motivational statement of nothing's gonna stop me. You could say, um, perhaps to quote the uh, movie soundtrack, nothing's gonna stand in our way, not tonight. Uh, but we end part one here, uh, so we'll take a, a quick commercial break here, folks, and we'll be right back. We drink Dr. Pepper, don't you know? And the taste is like peppers everywhere we go. I'm a pepper, she's a pepper, we're a pepper. Would you like to be a pepper, do be a pepper? Drink Dr. Pepper, yeah, be a pepper. It's National Be a Pepper Month. And JCPenney turns Dr. Pepper Golden Tops into prizes. Everyone wins. Plus, enter the Jeep Sweepstakes. Herb, no matter what you decide, you're still our little boy. Grow up, Herb. With the help of Herb's parents, Burger King now appeals to Herb, the one man who's never tasted a Burger King burger. Herb, this is how great burgers are made. Flame broiled, not fried. Aren't you hungry for Burger King? Of course you are. Herb, do what's good for you. Come to Burger King. There's a word for someone who doesn't do what's good for them. The word is Herb, mother. Mark never gave vampires much thought. Hello, tall, dark, and handsome. <laughs> until he became one. Oh, wow, I love your outfits. I'm not wearing a costume. Now he's losing his girl. It's like you're not the Mark I thought I knew. You look like Jerry Lewis. His customers. Get out of here! And his mind. I don't want to be a vampire. I'm a day person. Nothing is sacred no! in a tasty comedy. I can't go on forever. I gotta go to college. Once bitten, ready PG-13. Now playing at a theater near you. Check local listings. 
The Lego system starts here, with the curiosity of a preschooler and the big blocks of a Duplo building set. And as imaginations grow, so does the Lego system, because most every block fits every other block from every Duplo and Lego set we ever made. From preschool on up, our toys play on and on. Lego and Duplo building sets, the toys you grow up with. I want my block back. Tim Hirschner of Cincinnati loves his Honda Civic wagon because he can fill it up with everything he needs to fill up his hot air balloon and still have room for the balloon. The Civic wagon, it's a lot bigger than it looks. Come on, don't hold a grudge. I didn't know that Alpo B flavored dinner cost the same as those other dry dog foods. I didn't. I never even looked. I mean, who would have thought that Alpo, the one with more meat protein than 10 pounds of sirloin, cost the same as those others? Tell you what, you forgive me, and I'll forget about what you did to my shoes, huh? Alpo B flavored dinner, real meat protein at a really good price. All right, and we are back. And so we open up part two of the return of Optimus Prime, kind of uh, recapping the last moments of the episode here. Uh, the Quintesson has brought Optimus Prime back to life, and he has now declared that no force in the universe can stop him. Uh, so basically, we kind of get a recap of the la so of the last episode, which there are some questions: How does Skylinks know of? All of the events here, because he was mostly not present for any of them. But it is a good play on the recap. So basically, instead of getting a direct recap before the, the episode starts, uh, we get it just right at the beginning of the episode here with Skylinks narrating it. So I'm okay with that and the fact that it was um, at least a, a different way to do a multi-parter episode recap kind of just put the recap as part of the story so that's cool but you know we get our uh, brief recap of the hate plague and the trap set and all that you know and basically you know they were like you know before he was infected Rodimus thought that Prime would be able to stop the plague so we start moving in here and it's like all right Prime's like all right who do we have available uh so Skylinks is like well there were a few Autobots who were injured in the battle with Superion, but we fear they may be too beyond repair. Um, so we get un several Autobots who are named Cup, Blur, Wheelie, who is mentioned in this rundown, but is never, I don't think he was animated in either part of this episode, Bumblebee, and Steeljaw, who was in the battle. We definitely saw him damaged. Um, we even see him in the repair bay in just a second here where the after the Quintessons are working to repair them. But we also see Blaster, who was never mentioned um, in, in any of the uh, lists here, but he's definitely animated among those. Uh, so that must have been a production note. It's like maybe someone said, 
after the script went through and said, you know what, swap out Wheelie for Blaster. Which, I mean, I guess Steeljaw would be in his uh, tape mode and just inside Blaster, but never utilized. Like, he's, like Steeljaw is not seen anywhere after the repair scene, but the uh, Quintesson is able to repair and reactivate the Autobots. Although apparently Bumblebee was the worst off is he ended up having to be completely rebuilt. And we see him. And he's got a new armor. He's got a cool new gold paint job. And he's like, man, look at me. I feel like a gold bug. So Prime's like, yeah, indeed you are. And from now on, that's who you will be. Gold bug. Oh, gold bug, you know. Realizing that Optimus Prime is back. He's like, all right, he's got a plan. Prime, what's the plan? And Prime's just like, well, I don't have a plan. He's like, all right, we'll got to come up with something. But, you know, I don't have that basis to, you know, that guiding wisdom, the accumulated wisdom stored within the matrix of leadership. Because that's still inside Rodimus Prime, and Prime doesn't have the, the means to... uh. You know, an Optimus doesn't have the means to access that right now. Um, so he has no clue where to start. Uh, but Jessica is like, hey, how about we try the alloy that they've come up with? So somehow this alloy has the ability to block the spore's effect. I mean, how do we know this? Because... It's an inanimate object. I mean, we know the spores were on it, but never did anything to the metal. So, although I guess if the, although I guess if the, um, probably my best guess is maybe once the spores hit, they were just on top of the Solaris. So I guess if the alloy was did protect weren't able to protect them from the spores uh jessica and gregory would be the would already have had the virus when they got back to earth so i guess that's it this was not explained very well how this alloy protects against the virus it's not i don't think it's explained at all i guess logistically speaking if the spores were on the hull of the solaris and then um Jessica and Gregory were touching the floor of it. I guess at some point, if the alloy didn't block the the spores, then yeah, I guess it would have got infected just standing on the in the ship. So yeah, so they decide that's where it's gonna work. It's like, all right, let's do it. Let's head to the lab. Well, one small problem: there is no alloy at the lab because the Decepticons stole it all. He's like, all right, we got to go to the lab. Jessica's like, not without me or not. And Prime's like, no, it's too dangerous. And Jessica's like, um, any more dangerous than what I went through to rescue you? Oh, uh, you've, uh, uh, you've made your point. Um, sure. Autobots, transform and roll out. So yeah, once they roll out, we cut to Char. And Galvatron seems to be the only Decepticon not infected by the disease. Because 
all of the other Decepticons are attacking him. And uh, Cyclonus orders the Decepticons to move forward. And in a uh, note here, Cyclonus's voice may sound a little different. Uh, because for this and then the uh, three episodes of season four, The Rebirth, he is now voiced by Jack Angel. Um, veteran actor Roger Carmel, who was Harry Mudd on the original Star Trek series, um, had passed away shortly before this episode was, uh, was recorded. Um, so unfortunately, you know, uh, rest in peace, Harry Mudd, or Roger Carmel, sorry. Uh, of course, Harry Mudd, probably the role I know him most for, but, uh, but yeah, he did die during the, uh, the production of the season, so he did have to be replaced, uh, late in the season. And it is Jack Angel, who also voices, uh, Ultra Magnus and Wetsuit on G.I. Joe and a number of other roles. Uh, he is now taking over the Cyclonus role. And like I said, continues this role into the fourth season with the Rebirth. Um, so at this point, Optimus Prime and his team are arriving. Um, basically, Prime's like, Galvatron, we've got to work together. Um, what? What are you doing, Optimus Prime? Why do you live? It's a long story. We just have to work together. So, Galvatron is, um, in, you know, his entire interest of saving himself. So he's like, all right, fine. So they start walking through a cave because Galvatron's got the, the alloy hidden. And it's, um, quite a treacherous journey. But to pr give them some additional time to get through the labyrinth, Galvatron transforms and blasts the cave door shut. So, all along this time, you know, Galvatron is suspicious of Prime's motives. He's like, I was like, okay, um, so why do you need this alloy? Prime ain't, ain't saying nothing. Because let's face it, he's the Decepticon leader. I mean, they, these two haven't particularly uh, ha had a lot of interactions, but Prime probably figures enough about him being the Decepticon leader or maybe had a mission briefing on the way to uh to Char who knows but we go through and there's a whole series of booby traps one including a giant web and um this web has a giant spider creature on it and it has like tendrils and things and it grabs Goldbug and pulls him in. And Goldbug is screaming because it's still it's still frightened, frightened little Bumblebee. And so of course as we uh go back to that point, uh we have Bumblebee screaming and uh Aggie Goldbug screaming, I'm sorry. Um uh, but yeah, we go to a commercial break here now. We'll be back in just a moment. Oh, I know. It's fruit and oh, it's new and it has all these luscious peaches. Sing it again. New peaches and fruit and 
With all these peaches, it's easy to forget. Sweet sun-ripened peaches, fat raisins, crunchy almonds, and high-fiber flakes. Introducing a peachy new post-fruit and fiber cereal. I knew that. Tastes so good, you forget the fiber. And now there's new post-crispy critter cereal. Low in sugar and... Indubitably delicious. No little cinnamon gum freshens breath longer than Big Red. So kiss a little longer, hold tight a little longer, be close a little longer, longer with Big Red. That Big Red freshness lasts right through it. Your fresh breath goes on and on. While you chew it, say goodbye a little longer, make it last a little longer. Keep your breath long, lasting freshness with Big Red. It seems like I was born sneezing and sniffling. But I didn't have a cold, it was an allergy. So I got Clotrimeton, made especially for allergies. So forget cold medicines, take Clotrimeton, and don't treat your allergy like a common cold. Why do we make future shine with tough acrylic? Because we know what your floor goes through in a day. Future with clear acrylic, the tough shine for your high traffic floor. All right, and we are back. Uh, so as uh, Goldbug is screaming his head off, uh, we finally get to here. Uh, Galvatron shoots the webs away, and uh, the creature falls to its demise. Um, Goldbug is saved by the other Autobots, and Galvatron's like, Oh, I could have helped at any time. I knew you had it. Yeah, sure. Once again... He's sort, you know, coming to, going down the hall. Once again, Galvatron presses the issue. He's like, so why won't you tell me why you need the alloy? And Optimus goes, because I know you too well. Do you, Optimus? Do you? Like I said a minute ago, I'm really wondering, like, did Optimus get a mission briefing? Does he know that Galvatron used to be Megatron? I mean, I guess someone would have had to fill him in. Because this is really the first time they've actually met as Prime and Galvatron. So yeah, very confused here. I'm like, I don't... It's not really explained how Optimus knows this. Which basically he really shouldn't. But yeah, they keep going through the uh, traps. Uh, some of the Decepticons are able to break through. And um, basically, the the remainder of the team, uh, uh, Goldbug, Blaster, Cup, Blur, they all end up becoming infected at one point or another. Which basically leaves us with Optimus, Galvatron, Skylynx, and Jessica. So basically, they arrive at the... Uh, Galvatron's hiding and storage room where he keeps his treasures. And basically, and they're still even pressing it at this point until Jessica lets it slip and goes, Perfect Prime, there's enough here to coach you with to coach you with the alloy. And so basically Galvatron's like, ah, that's why you you intend to coach yourself with it. Well, you are not getting out of here alive. And points his, his uh, fusion cannon right at Optimus Prime. But, nope. He's actually apprehended. He's knocked out by Skylinks. 
who is in the bird mode, um, in the separated half of his, just his bird mode, which, um, where did this bird half get arms? Um, cause in any iteration of the toys or anything, um, the shuttle part that attaches to the bottom part that becomes the links, this part is like a pterodactyl sky creature, this top part, but it's never shown to have like arms of its own at this point. Just, just the back legs it can walk on. Um, but yeah, so basically they, um, turn Galvatron's blaster on him. So Galvatron loads the alloys into Prime's trailer. Um, but we don't notice that, uh, Cyclonus has managed to sneak in. Uh, so he ends up infecting Jessica. And basically a firefight ensues between Galvatron and Cyclonus. And in the midst of this, Jessica just walks right up to Galvatron and infects him. Uh, Skylinks and Optimus Prime flee back. And, like, ooh. Whew. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, they head back to Earth. And they manage to melt down this alloy and make it a spray coating. Um, question. If this is a heat-proof alloy, how did they melt it down to make this coating to get put on Optimus Prime? Heat-proof, heat right? Heat-proof? So how do you melt something that's heat-proof, impervious to heat? We got a big old logistical question here. But anyway, Prime is coated with the alloy, Hopes it works, but uh, he's off to find Rodimus. Uh, so basically, he finds Rodimus in a junkyard. You're basically playing like some kind of Thunderdome version of tag, uh, him and the uh, Stunticons. So basically, they're thrashing each other. Uh, but Prime manages to lure Rodimus away to a, some kind of nearby shop. And he kind of goes through the process of being Optimus Prime and tries to do this diplomatically. You know, tries to talk to Rodimus and uh, get through to him. But yeah, no, that's just not working at all. But yeah, no. And he thinks he's making some progress, but nope, the hate plague just overpowers it. So, basically, they fight and go through the thing. Um, but, yeah. So, eventually, they fight on the conveyor belt. And, basically, he's got to knock Rodimus out. Like, at one point, Rodimus has, like, a laser scalpel off of one of the conveyor belts. But, yeah. Basically, they go in. Is a fight. But luckily, eventually, they, they keep getting it back. And they fight some more. Eventually, Skylinks jumps in uh, to prevent uh, Rodimus from dealing out some damage. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, they go back. And this fight basically ends with Skylink be, becomes infected and just like crashes through a ceiling here. But it's enough that it's enough of a distraction that Prime is able to finally overpower Rodimus and get the Matrix of Leadership out of him. So yeah, the uh, alloy did work. Prime was protected from the virus. Um, so now he's back at Autobot City. And to find the answer to his questions, Prime has to dive into the Matrix. He's got to go on, he's basically got to shut himself down and go on a vision quest in the Matrix. So he goes through and he sees elders from the past. Even seeing Alpha Trion. Although, Alpha Trion wasn't a prime, so I don't know why he's one of the leaders that, you know, the previous leaders shown in the Matrix, because he also, in Season 2, like, merged himself with uh, Vector Sigma. So, questions there. But yeah, basically, uh, you know, he's like, you know, why, why have you, why are you here, Prime? You know, and Prime lets him know that, hey, I've got a find this information and alpha try and give some a warning to not travel too far back or he may become lost in the matrix itself um so in the middle of this uh the quintesson is watching the monitors and we'll we have a entire force of infected transformers attempting to get in uh they manages to shut some of the main doors here and keep them out for a little while at least. Uh, but we keep going further back. And eventually we learn, we find a very, very early Cybertronian history where this plague has visited their planet before. And it was contained and sealed within the star. Uh, of course, being the one that Jesse and Gregory found and has set loose. And this uh, Cybertronian elder informs you know, that the one that was able to contain it, you know, used a great amount of wisdom to destroy the spores. And now, with the spores having taken an effect and even spreading through the galaxy, it's possible that one individual source may not have enough wisdom to contain them again. But Optimus, being Optimus, is like, wait. There may be one source of wisdom. The entire accumulated wisdom within the Matrix of Leadership. So Prime has a plan. And the infected Transformers are finally broken to the base. Uh, we've got the Quintesson begging them to stop. And the infected Galvatron's got a freaking metal pole. And he's about to shove it right through Optimus Prime. And as he's drawing and about to bring it down, Optimus Prime's chest open. The Matrix is glowing. and It's sort of like the scene from Transformers the movie where Rodimus unleashes the Matrix to destroy Unicron. And then, as the Matrix is doing its thing, we get the, we get the music from Transformers the movie. Those lines started to play. You got the touch. 
You got the power. Yeah. That's right. The touch starts playing. The with the glow of the matrix and you know oh my gosh it's spreading forth you know prime even says light our darkest hour so the energy of the matrix is released you know and it just spreads across the world the universe everywhere the hate plague is officially eradicated and this scene this scene ruled the scene absolutely ruled. And there was an interesting fact here, because um, when it plays the, the, the touch, it plays a good portion of it, including the line, When all hell's breaking loose, you'll be riding the high of the storm. Which, for 80s cartoon censors, having the word hell in a cartoon alone I'm surprised that was kept in there. Like, honestly surprised. But yeah, the fact that they played that much of the song and kept that particular line in it. Very surprising. Um, but yeah, the universe is saved. Optimus has unleashed the, the, the accumulated wisdom within the Matrix and the virus is eradicated. Um, so yeah, we go back to a little bit later. We're still in Autobot City. Um, Gregory and Dr. Morgan are sitting there like, you know, we're sorry. We shouldn't have done it. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like these two got off very easy, but there could have been some consequences afterwards. Nothing's really explained. It's like, you know, what punishment are these two going to get for unleashing this, um, dangerous virus that, you know, made the world go crazy and try to, you know, hurt each other? Really, what punishment are we going to get? Which is never explained. Um, so yeah, so Galvatron comes up and for Galvatron, he is very calm. You know, very un-Galvatron-like. But he reaches out and he shakes Optimus Prime's hand. He says, you know, you have earned Galvatron's respect. There will be no war today. Um, so yeah, at this point, uh, hot Rodimus, who's once again, hot rods there. He's like, well, the matrix is empty. You know, the wisdom lost in order to stop the plague. And prime, you know, being prime, he's kind of motivational. But I was like, well, yes, but at this point, we're all a little smarter now. And from here forth it is up to us to fill it again with the knowledge and experience we obtained from here. And we end the episode with Auto with Optimus giving that famous command to transform and roll out. Ah oh, man, and that was the return of Optimus Prime. And man, dude, this episode is amazing. It's so awesome. And you know, Optimus Prime is back. He's leading the Autobots. The eventual end result of the backlash that was taken for Transformers, the movie, where Prime was just murdered and killed and traumatized children in the theaters. 
Um, so the Rodimus Prime experiment is over. Optimus Prime is leader of the Autobots again. But dude, this episode rocked. Uh, honestly, this is one of the best episodes in the series. Oh, great animation, especially the second part. The second part was so beautifully drawn, even compared to the first part. Man, what a rush to just, oh, watch that episode again and relive it. That use of the touch at the end was amazing. Really hammered the point home and, oh, it was beautiful. But yeah, I think that'll do it for this week's episode of Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. Uh, once again, check us out on social media, subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating and review. And once again, thank you all for joining us for now 75 episodes um, we're in for you bringing the episodes to your week. So, uh, we'll see you next time.